And I'm going to continue today talking about God's love and how we love God. Uh, and the title of this message today is, If You Love God, dot, dot, dot. That means to be continued, right? And so I'm going to fill in the dot, dot, dot today. If You Love God. Let me read a, a few scriptures to you today. 1 John three twenty three. This is His commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. I want you to notice that word commanded. 1 John 5, 3 through 4. For this is the love of God that we keep his what? Commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I want to read John 14, 12 through 17. <clears throat> truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. Father, I just think, thank you, Lord Jesus, today for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. And I pray, God, that you would anoint this word, Lord, today. That I would speak it today from the power of the Holy Spirit and not from my own power or might. I pray, God, that these people would receive the word of God today. That they would receive it by the power of revelation, God. That it would go deep into their hearts and it would change how all of us live and how we view life in the world, oh God. Bless us this day, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Uh, this little section of scripture in John chapter 14 here, notice that it comes in like two parts with one little sentence sandwiched in between. Because the first part basically says, uh, if you believe in me, then the works that I do, you're going to do even greater works than that. That's like a woo, yeah. Jesus did all of this stuff and we're going to do even more than Jesus did, right? And then he says, not only that, but whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to give you. And we're like, yeah. Whatever we want, we just ask it in Jesus' name, and he's going to give it to us. Then we go down to 16, if we skip 15, and it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And so how is God going to bless us? He's going to give us the Holy Ghost and power. And So God's going to cause us to do great works, and whatever we ask in his name, and the Holy Spirit's going to empower us, and we're just going to walk around with dynamite and blessing and power, but smack dab right in the middle of these two thoughts is one little sentence. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. Last week I talked about why we love God. Today I want to talk to you about how we love God. How do we express love for God? Well, the Bible says over and over again, we keep his commandments. We obey his commandments. Now, 
We can sing worship songs and express our love for God through worship songs, and, and we, can have, uh, uh, we can express through our words. We can tell God we love him, and I think we should. We should worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you with me today? We should obey his commands. We should worship him in spirit and in truth. We should express however we normally express love. We should express it to God that way. But at the end of the day, that's not really what God wants from us, right? He wants that from us, but that's not the full extent of it. What he really wants from us are lives that obey his commandments. Come on. Lives that obey his commandment. Now, let me stop you right there. Because if you're going in your brain right now to pull out the Ten Commandments, let me just stop you right here. Because we are not talking about going back to the law to obey the Ten Commandments or the rules uh, uh, that are in Leviticus so that we can be righteous before God. Come on. That covenant, the Bible says that no one was ever justified under that covenant. No one ever obeyed all the Ten Commandments and earned salvation. No one was ever justified that way, right? And the Bible says that if we try to go back to that old covenant, even in one point, then we force ourselves to go back under that covenant in all points. Right? So we don't want to think that when he says obey his commandments, that there's this thing where we do what he wants and we earn certain things. That's the old works covenant. We're under a new covenant that is by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen? So what does he mean when he says obey his commandments? What does he mean? His commandments are not the old covenant. His commandments are this. John 15, 12 through 14. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. For greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Are you seeing this key word here? It's the key word of love. What is the commandment that the church is under today? It is to love. Are you hearing me today? Everything centers around, is founded upon, and is based upon love. God has called us to love one another. We're living in a time right now where uh, Christians go after each other a lot. I think with social media, have you noticed that Facebook is kind of like driving in your car? You know, like if you're in a store and you meet somebody that you don't know a stranger, you're nice to them. But if they're in a car and you're in a car and they pull in front of you, you're not nice to them. Like there's this anonymity in being in your car, like you're safe and they can't get to you and you could speed off if they chased you down and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's kind of like that online. People will just say the dumbest stuff that comes to your mind. Let me just, let me help you. This is a little sidebar, but let me help you today. Don't say everything that comes to your mind. It is not the will of God that you get it off your chest. Come on. It is not the will of God that you just say whatever comes to your mind, but people are going after each other. Christians are criticizing churches and criticizing your doctrine and their doctrine and telling you how dumb you are and how you're not really saved and how you don't really know you're a Christian. And you know what? The Bible doesn't say they'll know you because you're smarter than everyone else. The Bible doesn't say they'll know you because you're the loudest one. That you posted the, the most memes about your beliefs and your ideas. Come on, the Bible says they'll know you because you have love one for another. In fact, Jesus is not saying, here's a good option for you. Why don't you try loving one another? No, he said, this is my commandment that you love one another. God's not asking for you to love one another. He's telling you to love one another. Come on. 
He's given you the power of the Holy Spirit to help you, and it is our job to love one another. What are his commandments? We need to go home with three things in our mind. Number one is God has commanded us to love one another. We're supposed to love each other in here, and we're supposed to love each other out there. Have you ever worked with somebody that just rubbed you the wrong way? You got an uncle or a cousin that just, you know, it's, it's the family get-together, and your cousin shows up, and you see him walking up, and you go, oh. Here he comes. I got to hear all the stories again. Don't, don't mention names. I know you got a picture in your head right now. A coworker that you work with that just, uh, no matter how big a story you've got, oh, well, that ain't nothing. They got a bigger one, you know. Uh, there's sometimes people rub you the wrong way. Can I tell you something? God expects you to love them. God expects you to love him. Even if sometimes you don't like him, God expects you to love him. In fact, the love of God is so deep. Jesus said, if you just love your friends and family, you're no better than unbelievers, for they do that too. But I want you to love your enemies. So the very people who are putting the nails in his hands, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why would he say that? Because he loved those who even didn't love him. The commandment of God is to love one another. The commandment of God, number two, is to go into all the world. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I, I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It is the commandment of God that you go into your world and share the gospel with people. It's not optional. It's not, you know what, I don't have an evangelist calling, so I can't really do that. You know what? God has called all of us to evangelize. Amen? There's a, even today, there's a group of Christians that the world calls evangelicals. Have you heard that term before? And they'll classify certain Christians in that, and now they're starting to demonize evangelicals. Can I tell you something? That just blows my mind. I don't know how you read the Bible and not know that you are supposed to be evangelical. That Christianity is not something you hide in a shoebox and you pull out of your closet every once in a while. You're supposed to let your light shine. You're supposed to go into your world and preach the gospel. Now, if you don't have the same oratory skills that someone who's on stage does, that's okay. Because you can show the gospel by how you live your life. Come on, somebody. You can show the gospel on your job. Can I tell you something? They're going to watch your life more than they listen to my sermons. Uh huh. So be a light in your world. Show the world. And when they ask about the hope that is within you, you tell them the hope that in me is Christ Jesus, my Lord. Let me give just a moment to tell you what Jesus has done for me. Hallelujah. It is your testimony that goes out into the world. You are a walking sermon. Amen. And it is our job to go into our world and preach the gospel to everyone. What are his commandments? Love one another. Go into all the world and share the gospel. Make disciples in all nations. And number three, obey the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Do you know that as Christians full of the Holy Spirit of God, we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God? You know what led means? Led means he's in charge, he decides where he's going, and you follow along. Amen? It isn't that we just go around living however we want, doing whatever we want, getting whatever we want, and the Holy Spirit's there to bless us and, and give us assurance and, and give us whatever we want. No, the Holy Spirit's there to say, hey, we're going this way, and you say, yes, sir, we're going this way. 
Come on. It is our job. Uh, let me read Ephesians, Ephesians excuse me, 4, 25 through 32, and let's find some truth in here. Therefore, laying aside all falsehood, speak the truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. I want you to know this little, this little chunk of scripture right here is telling Christians how we ought to live, right? It's one of the many places that tells us the way you conduct your everyday life matters. It says, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, don't let unwholesome stuff come out of your mouth. Do good to all people, care about other people, all of this. But one little sentence again right in the middle of this, watch what it says, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You know why that's in there? Because the, the writer's telling you it's the Holy Spirit of God that is helping you, pushing you to do all these things. It is the Holy Spirit who's telling you, don't lie, tell the truth. It's the Holy Spirit who's telling you, don't steal, go work hard and give to others. It's the Holy Spirit telling you to forgive others who have hurt you. It's the devil, it's the flesh, it's whatever else telling you to be mad, be angry. Uh, get back at someone. Lie. Get your way out of it by cheating or whatever it takes to do. That's the devil. But it's the Holy Spirit who's pushing you to be like Jesus. And what he's saying here is, I want you to obey the Holy Spirit. When we disobey the Holy Spirit in our daily lives, we are grieving the Spirit of God. Come on, are you hearing me today? Oh, every one of us have experienced it as Christians. That we know the right thing to do, but we just don't do it. And the Holy Spirit is grieved. Come on. I believe if you are truly a born-again child of God and you do things that you know you shouldn't do, you will feel bad about it. Come on. The Holy Spirit will not let you get by with it. Yeah. I know he's forgiven you. I know you're his child. I know that we're headed to heaven. But you know what? God loves his children, so therefore he chastises his children. Are you his children? Come on. Then every once in a while, when you don't do what you're supposed to do, he's going to ground you, or he's going to whip your hind end, or he's going to do something. He's going to straighten you out. You know why? Because he loves you. And he don't want you to grow up to be a knucklehead. Come on. He wants to, you to have discipline. He wants you to conduct yourself like Jesus. Therefore, obey the Holy Spirit of the living God. As spirit-filled believers in the house of God today, when we leave here today and we have the Holy Spirit within us, we have him upon us and in our very lives for the purpose of obeying him, let us be obedient. Let us follow. Let us listen to the voice of the Lord. 
Now, I believe the word of God is uh, complete and inerrant, and every part of it is true and good. But can I promise you, there are some things in your life that you're not going to find in the scripture specifically. You might be praying, God, should I take this new job or keep the one I have? Well, you can't turn to, you know, a career chapter 7, verse 13 or whatever. It's not in there. But what you can do is pray, and the Holy Spirit will direct you. Amen? And sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to do things. No, let me say that again. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit will tell you to do things that your flesh don't want to do. Come on. The Holy Spirit will tell you to get up early when you want to sleep late. The Holy Spirit will tell you to give money when you want to keep it for yourself. The Holy Spirit will tell you to love your neighbor when you'd like to give him a black eye. The Holy Spirit will tell you to do things in love, and it is our job to obey him. Because let me tell you something about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When we've got the baptism in the Holy Spirit and power for our lives, it is power to decide to do the right thing. Amen? That's why the scripture says there is no one of us children of God who are tempted by God that don't have the power to resist. We have the power to say no to temptation. It's within us. Now, we don't always do it, do we? Am I alone? Are you with me today? We don't always love like we should. Sometimes we have to feel just right to love everybody. If we're healthy, we love everybody. We feel good. If, if we've got plenty of sleep the night before, we love everybody. If we've got plenty of money and the bills are paid, we love everybody. But oftentimes it just takes one thing for us to get in a bad mood and all of a sudden nothing's good and no one's right and everybody's bad. Come on. You ever notice that? You ever notice when everything in your day is bad and everyone in your day is bad that there's really one problem in the midst of all that and it's you. It's you. And you need to say, you know what, I got an attitude. All right? Or you just need to listen to the Holy Spirit say, you know what, you got an attitude. How about you just keep your trap shut if you can't say nothing nice and maybe get a good night's sleep tonight so you don't act like a, a, a jerk tomorrow. Oh, somebody with me today? Yes. Come on. So how do we obey the commandments of the Lord? What are the commandments of the Lord? If we love God, we obey his commandments. And his commandments, I think you can wrap up in these things. Love each other. Go into the world and share the gospel. Make disciples. And obey the Holy Spirit as he directs your life. Are you with me today? Hallelujah. In order to obey God, though, we must deny our fleshly desires. You know, you got a flesh that wants to do the opposite of what the spirit in you wants to do. But there are some things that we can do to discipline ourselves. And can I tell you something? God expects you to discipline yourself. Amen? Self-discipline is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Notice it doesn't say you can just do what you want and God will stop you. It says self-control. You control yourself. Now, God will give you the power, but you got to control yourself. Control your thoughts. I just can't stop thinking about it. Well, yeah, you can. You just got to learn the discipline of controlling your thoughts. Well, I just can't help but saying it. Well, yeah, you can. That one's easy. Just put your lips together. This is that easy. I mean, people can't understand you when you go, mm-hmm, right? Control your actions. Come on, do it or don't do it. Do what the Holy Spirit wants. Control your feelings. Oh, our feelings just, I just can't help how I feel. Yeah, you can. 
The Holy Spirit lives within you to help you control how you feel. You can encourage yourself in the Lord. Some of you have never learned to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me give you a little, little quick thing that you can do when you start to feel uh, like overwhelmed and like life is terrible and nothing's going right. Stop and count your blessings. Stop and just start thanking God for the family that you do have. Stop and just start thanking God for the money and the job that you do have. Stop and just thank God. Start counting the blessings that God has given you. And if you forget and you can't think of nothing else, just thank God for your pastor today. Amen. Hallelujah. Because your pastor thanks God for you. Amen. Thank God for your church. And thank God for the experiences you've had in life. You know, when you focus on what God has done in your life, you forget all about the stuff that you were worried about before. Come on. Discipline your feelings. Self-denial. A great part of the Christian experience is not that God gives you everything you want. It's that you deny yourself. You say, I'm not going to give myself everything I want. If the ways of my flesh, the desires of my earthly life are going left and God's going right, I'm going to say no to my desires and yes to God. This, the, that little battle right there is the reason people aren't in church today. Because their flesh told them it was okay. The reason they don't give anymore is because their flesh told them it was okay, and they found some preacher online says they don't need to give anymore. The, the flesh says go this way, and the spirit says go that way, and we make a choice. We've got to deny ourselves. You can't have everything you want and follow God. Either it's he gets everything he wants or you get what you want. Come on. We've got to learn to deny ourselves. That's the reason God invented fasting. Did you know that? Fasting? You know what fasting is? Fasting is simply denying yourself something that your flesh wants. And it's, an, it's, a, it's a good one. It's an important one. And I think you can put tithing right in this too. It's like it's denying your flesh something it really wants. If, if there's any two things we really want, it's food and money, isn't it? <laughs> there's some others in there. But we want our food and we want our money. And when we say no to the flesh, we're teaching ourselves that our spirit, our will has greater power than the desires of our flesh. Now, when you start learning that, child of God, you can start really living for God. Because there's a lot of Christians who simply wake up and do whatever their flesh wants them to do. And then they wonder why they don't live a life of power. Come on, I'm in your kitchen now, you know. Uh, the popular talk show host Joe Rogan has millions and millions of listeners every day. And he always talks about his lifestyle. He's not a Christian that I know of. But he talks about how he, he does things that he doesn't like to do on a daily basis just to discipline himself. He, every day he takes a, a cold bath in ice water. And there are some benefits to it physically, but that's not really why he does it. He does it because he hates doing it. But he makes himself do things he hates doing. Because if you have the discipline to do that in an ice bath, you have the discipline to do that when it comes to your paycheck and when it comes to other things. And some of us have never learned the discipline of denying ourselves, which is why we ain't fasted in forever. Come on. We ain't said, you know what? I'm going to take a period of time and tell my flesh you are not in charge here. I am. I'm going to teach you that my stomach can growl and my self can become weak and I can get a hunger headache, but my spirit is in charge of my flesh. How do we obey God? We got to get rid of our fleshly desires, deny ourselves and repent. You know what the word repentance means in the original Greek language? It really means to change your outlook so everything else changes. To have a new way of looking at things. And let me give you an example. When you were saved, do you remember how 
You were kind of just living your life, doing your thing. You were large and in charge, and you were trying to figure out your way to be happy. Come on. It's, it's kind of like being the God of your own life. But then the conviction of the Holy Spirit hit you, and you got into the presence of God, and all of a sudden you realize that God is God, and you are not. Come on. God is God. And you are not. And you had a change of perception about things. Before you thought you were wise and smart and it was right for you to do what you wanted to do until conviction hit. And then you had a change of outlook. You realize, you know what? I'm really not that smart. I'm really not that good. I'm really not God. God is God. I remember that transformation. And you know what? I still have times like that when I get into the presence of God. And all of a sudden my outlook changes. You may be doing something you're not supposed to be doing and you have all kinds of reasons and excuses and you think you can just gloss over it. But then the Holy Spirit hits you and you get in the presence of God and he says, you know what? It's not right. You're my child. We don't act that way. That's not how Jesus lived. That's not how you live. And when you change your perception, it will change your mind. It will change your actions. It will change your life. I believe in true repentance you know, a lot of people just like to say to Jesus, forgive me, Lord, and then go about doing the same thing over and over again. You know, asking Jesus to forgive you isn't really what it means. The Bible doesn't say ask Jesus to forgive you and be saved. It says repent and be saved. It means change the way you view it. Change the way you view it and therefore change how you live. you got to deny yourself to do that. you got to get off the throne and let God get on the throne. You see, when you pursue his presence, this is another one. When you pursue the presence of God, what happens is that when you get in his presence, he's exalted to God once again, and you are lowered to his creation. He becomes the boss to be obeyed. You become the child that deserves obeying. Come on. He becomes the father who's in charge. You become the child who obeys your father. Amen. Hallelujah. And so being in his presence helps us do the right thing. It helps us to be more like Jesus. Sometimes all we need to do is just get in his presence more often. And when we do, we'll act better and more like Jesus. Come on. We don't have to struggle. We just have to get in his presence and he empowers us and changes us. We become more like Christ and we live in obedience to his command of love. Look, if you want to show God that you love him, you really want to show God you love him, if you want to show him uh, that you love him and please him, then do this. Simply be who God created you to be and do what he called you to do. Follow his plan of salvation. That's what you can do. Say yes to what God wants to do in your life because as a father, there's nothing greater to a father than seeing his child born, right? That is a, that's a, one of the amazing things of like looking at this little thing that is uh, your child, and as that child uh, gets older, uh, it wants to be with you. That, that little boy wants to go fishing with his dad or go to work with his dad. or That little girl wants to help uh, in the kitchen uh, with mom. or They just want to be near you and around you. How many of you know what I'm talking about today? I remember my kids, they wanted to do what I wanted to do. And my boys especially wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, and Jeremy, I had long hair for a while when I was younger. And Jeremy had long hair too. And... Uh, you know, everything that I did, Jeremy tried to do like uh, I did. And, and, you know, it was just awesome and fun to watch, right? Because I knew there was a time when they were going to look at me and go, oh, you do that? I'm going to do the opposite <laughs> of that, right? And uh, you know what? But for a while, they want to be like you. And then 
uh, they want to be with you. And then pretty soon you start to see your face in their face, right? You start to, you see your own image inside of your children. You see that they not only look like you, some, some of us that's good, some of us that's not so good, I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, they also start to act like you. They start to conduct themselves like you. They're, they're, they're in, your image is in them in appearance and in action. And when your child wants to follow in your footsteps, can I tell you, that pleases a father. There is nothing greater to your father than for you to become his child, for you to want to be with him, for him to see his image and likeness in the way you live and act, and for you, his child, to want to follow in his footsteps and be like Jesus. You want to love God? Those are the things we do to show our love for God. We obey his commands, and his command is to love. So let me ask you today, do you love God? You can tell by how willing you are to deny yourself and obey him. Obey him by reaching out to others in love, by reaching out to others and displaying and sharing the gospel, by reaching out to others and sharing his love and his truth by obeying the moving and the unction of the Holy Spirit in your daily life. You're not going to be perfect at it because uh, we're not there yet. But we can get better. We can express our love for God on a daily basis. Not just by saying, Jesus, I love you. Oh, that's wonderful. Jesus, I love you. Oh, such a song. Because you care. I believe when we sing that in spirit and in truth, it just blesses the heart of God. But I think what really blesses is when we get done singing that and we go out those doors and we go to our family and we go to our jobs and we obey him by loving those people around us, by displaying the gospel in our lives and by obeying the Holy Spirit who's supposed to be leading us. Closing today, I want to open altars today. There's an altar up here. You can turn around there where you're seated. If you can't kneel, you can just lean forward if you like, whatever you feel comfortable doing. But I want each and every one of us to take some individual time to offer ourselves up to God. That's what the altar is for. The altar is a place where the flesh goes to die, where our selfish will goes to die. And where, when we rise, the spirit is what's remaining in us. So today, if you would, find yourself an altar of prayer where you can express your love to God by sharing, talking to God, letting him know that you are going to live a life in obedience to his commandments, letting him know that when you fall and you fail, you're going to get back up and you're going to start again and you're going to obey him again, that you're going to love the world, you're going to love, you're going to share his love and his truth with the world. And you're going to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let us all find a place to pray, if you will. Thank you, Jesus.